ride to the beat to the oak to the double and E. Trouble when we make free. Hey, come have a bite into the study. Stay for the night. She makes your work better. Builds a brand up letter by letter. Portland design community. Why made it more than it used to be? E. Vaughn, live strong, give song all night long. What you watching? Clash me, do this. Nothing to this. Don't be a doofus. Keep it real. Keep it radical. Keep it on red. Your collateral. Just think what we could make. YPE, she takes a cake. I am Tim. My name's Rich. This is Design Clutch. Our awesome guest today is Yvonne Perez Emerson, who has a lengthy resume simply stated as she bestrides the Portland designscape like a mighty colossus. Um, she has been involved in uh, really, you know, agency life here in Portland. Uh, I don't want to say any more. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and what you're currently involved with? I was born in a... Um so I moved up here about 10 years ago from San Diego, had a design studio in San Diego, um, came up to Portland for a lifestyle change, got offered a job at an agency in town, and um, worked at an agency as an art director and then an uh, associate creative director for a little over four years, and then decided it, that was not my thing, went on my own again, and um, started the study. Uh, which is a small boutique design studio here on the east side, and um, got did a little bit with AIGA, and started up a thing called We Make, which is an uh, which is a nonprofit. We've been going strong for about three and a half years, and uh, while I was at the agency, I started teaching at PSU, San Diego State's Art and Design, and I teach um, communication design, storytelling, and narrative as well as a um, portfolio, senior portfolio class. And what else? Like, I'm giving you the quick rundown. Um, no, that's that's <clears> kind of a good little, like, that's rundown. Um, my past. Yeah, and, and currently the things that you're most involved with are probably, like, we make, that, that's, um, and, the, and the study is your... That's my bread and butter, yeah. yeah. And then I um, I opened up a studio, a, color, a creative collective about... 2000, October 2013, we got the keys and we were sitting down in our desk of uh, January 2014. And it's um, called Tillamook Station and it's pretty cool. So my studio's in there as well as three other studios, a conference room, and then we have a big gallery space that we make uh, is headquartered at and uses for their events and we rent it out to other creative events. It's pretty cool. Wow. It's super cool. It's, it's a beautiful a space. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so currently I make my hustle at the study, which is my design studio. Right. I'm the founder of We Make, which we do. Everything is about process and community. And um, we have events that are hands-on experiences or creative dialogue, um, um, speaking events. And then once a year we do some kind of design in action where we give back to the community. So the last three years, we've done a thing called Put a Bird in It, which has been super cool. And um, we've had people design birdhouses that we've auctioned off for arts and music education. And we made $30,000 in three years for um, that we gave all the way to arts and music education in Portland. And so this year, we decided to do something a little different. It's our anniversary in October, and, um, and it always kind of fell 
it did fall apart as the design week. We were kind of in cahoots with them at first, you know, because they were planning and we're like, yeah, we're this is our, perfect for us. And so we were always kind of the closing shindig there. And um, this year we decided let's do let's do a conference. We're always bringing people to town um, and always highlighting and um, showcasing artists. I think we've showcased over 300 artists through the birdhouses and who we brought to town with uh, sketch exchange or workshops that we've done. And um, so we're like, yeah, let's just do a one-day thing. And it's going to be October 2nd, Friday, at the Armory. And then October 3rd, Saturday, we'll have some workshops at Tillamook Station. That's awesome. Yeah, it's super, super fun. So it was in San Diego that you first started your, you started your first design company, right? You sort Mm -hmm. of started started a shop there. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit about what that process was like, like like when you began your shop and like how... Down in San Diego? Yeah. Um, well, wow. Uh, I started in design in 1987. I'm aging myself here. Uh, awesome. <laughs> before computers and the internet. Um, and yeah, I was, you know, working. I had two kids already and I was doing uh, design stuff and then I took a break and when I went back to to school I was like well I, I had to figure out what I wanted to do design or something else and I was like I needed to do design so I went to a community college down there and didn't get a degree or anything but left and got a really great job in an awesome studio called Visual Asylum with uh, Maylin Levine and Amy Levine they they're like the presidents and stuff of AIJ down there. They do the Y conference. So I was really lucky. I, I worked there with them for a, a year and then went um, with another guy. And we kind of were going to go into business. And I worked with him for about a year. And I was like, you know, I just kind of work for myself. So I went back and started um, my studio down there. It was called Oomph Graphics. And, and yeah, I, I did that for seven years. I became... Um, <laughs> In La Mesa, which is by San Diego State, uh, and then I started a, another nonprofit down there with the city. Actually, um, it was called an Arts Alliance where we did activities and the music and everything. And I started a mural project down there and um, lots of public art stuff. Painted utility boxes and a big walking um, trail with mural, ending up with murals. It was cool. It was small and boutique I like being small. Mm-hmm. When I came up here and worked with the agency, it was just like, whoa. Small <laughs> and many, though. Have yeah. you always had this many things going on? Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think back then, you know, I was young. I had kids really young, and I was just like, what could I do that if I wanted to leave during the middle of the day, I could, um, but I also needed to make a living. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I always kind of had a little bit of, I always felt like I wanted to have my foot in something that was fine art, but at, but design too. So there was that balance, you know. There was a point where it was like, oh, I was wearing black all the time and looking cool, you know. And then I was like, <laughs> this is not me. I'd rather wear jeans and T-shirts and get my hands dirty once in a while, you know. Um, but you, I, I don't know if you, I mean, I think there's it happens here too. But um, mm-hmm. you would get into that, like, that rat race of it. Try yeah the cool chasing yeah, yeah. and then but, I was like <laughs> yeah but but I think what's interesting is is I hear that like I, I didn't know that like like that 
the San Diego background that you were also spinning up ideas that that sort of became things, right? Mm-hmm. That, that I think it's interesting that that, that um, I've seen that happen while you've been here in Portland. It takes a lot of work to make something, right? You know, you, you're a very easy person to talk to. You're fun to talk to. You're super fun, but you're also really hardworking in making these things happen. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, t- so when you started Oom Studios, was it just you? You had like your what, you 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 started like finding clients. What was that process like? What was it like finding? I mean, like anything. I mean, I was just, I, I felt like, well, I'm like I'm gonna leave this one little agency and go on my own. And I and my thought process was I wasn't in in the business to be rich was to have a lifestyle back. So I think that's kind of been a driving mm-hmm. force of my my life all the time when it comes around design and being creative. Um, and I thought, well, if I'm open every day, then the work will come. And once you make the commitment to like go on your own and pay for a space, you got to make the money to pay for the space, right? Then you got to make the money to make money so you have to be open every day and I think once I you know had I just had that mindset that no this is what I want in my life and if I'm open every day the work will come and the work did come and then I also chose to um, give back I think that's a biggest one of the big part of who I am I was raised um, without very very much so I was always you know there was certain handouts that I got that I didn't really, I took for granted for a long time. And then one day it hit me. It was like, oh my God, if it wasn't for this, you know, or I could have went one direction and I went in another direction. Um, and so I always think about that in my in my heart. You know, if I'm, I love being a designer. I love being creative. If I wasn't doing anything creative, I'd be super sad all the time. And I knew that, you know, I know that now. It didn't, it took me a little while to figure out that, you know, like, I'm going to stop and I'm going to start this up. But it always had to come back to I have to be making something. And not necessarily being a graphic designer, but being a maker, I think. Um, and I also like being in public art in San Diego. And I see it here, too. Um, there's a separation between design community and, and public art. Maybe some places a little less than others. But generally speaking, fine art. Um, is a little more money, it's a little different demographic, whereas graphic design's a little younger, a little less money, you know, and when I came here, it was like only people doing public art and stuff like that were the fine artists, it it felt like. Mm -hmm. Um, It's changed a lot since then. Um, And so that was like, I could go and, you know, plant trees or hand out food or whatever, or I could start something in my own community of design and gather people to give back that way. So that's mm-hmm. kind of how We Make started was with that kind of philosophy. So the energy to do things, yeah. well, I'm always going to give back to the community. I'm always going to volunteer my time somewhere. Might as well do it somewhere <laughs> that is mm-hmm. affects me personally. That's really cool. Yeah, so so I, I'd love to to circle back to we make a little bit where, um, what was the wellspring? What, what where where did the idea start for for that? Well, like I said, in San Diego, I was doing that um, stuff. So that was through the city, which was really weird because I was like the token Hispanic woman Democrat 
on in a city that was fully Republican, and right. they needed to like liven up their image a little bit. And you know, I was going to the ch- the chamber meetings and this and that, and but I was like a young designer, and um, just start talking to somebody, and it was like we should do this kind of stuff. What you were doing in the city out here in a little bit of the burbs, you know, and. So I started there, and when I moved here, as you know, because we worked together, I, I got a job as a, in the agency, and I had never worked in an agency before, and um, there's some good and bad out of that, uh, but I was busy and working all the time. When I finally left there, um, you know, I was like, oh, it's time to start doing something again with community. And then AIGA asked me to be a part of their team. So I'd already had been doing kind of the stuff with We Make and that idea about that down in San Diego. And they were trying to do stuff to also elevate themselves here. And I'm like, well, we should do something around the maker community. And um, so I put together a proposal about uh, sketch exchange workshops and the design and action thing. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and brought together a few people. Said, hey, I'm doing this, but I'm, you know, it might be under, it might be with AIJ. And then I really quickly realized that that was not the platform mm-hmm. for it to be yet because I wanted it to be free and accessible as much as possible, mm-hmm. or lo, you know, accessible in terms of budget wise. At that time, we had a you know a year's worth of people scheduled for Sketch Exchange and workshop scheduled and I'm like yep and we're doing put a bird in it and you know my pe- people were working were like you're crazy and I'm like no we need to do this yeah so what's what's sketch exchange I mean I know what it is but so, tell me about oh um so I was involved with um international moleskin exchange through Flickr I remember when you did that yeah and you'd yeah. send the books around yeah and, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah so I was doing it at, at curiosity and um it was awesome. I would send my, you would get in these groups, and like the last group I was in, people were in Europe and South America and all over the, there was like 12 of us in this group. But the great thing was you could get your book, you would get your book, you draw on it, and then you send it to the next person, and they would draw on it. And the idea was you'd get your book back, except for sometimes you didn't get your book back. <laughs> and just some weird stuff. And so I was like, that would, we need to do that in person. Like that would be cool to do in person. So Sketch Exchange started on that philosophy. We, but instead, we invite people in and talk about their process. No um, projector. It was like you just come in, you bring That's in cool. your sketches, anything that you've drawn on, you tape them up to a wall. And then while they're talking, the audience just get to go through their sketchbooks. And then afterwards, the idea was people would bring sketchbooks and draw on each other's sketchbooks. And that was really cool. It worked out. The first year was great. It was out of my old studio at the Left Bank, and we used the conference room. And it was always like a surprise when you came up because it would be like the whole thing covered by it. You've been a couple of them, and but really intimate, um, nice. And then when we moved over to Tillamook Station, it was like a challenge of how do you like maintain that intimacy because all of a sudden you're walking into a space. Um, so it was a little different, and now we have a projector, and I still don't like the projector as much as the old school way, but the projector is nice in some instances, um, and it's more like a gallery now, too, so you can come in, and it's like a, sh- it's really great now, though, you come in, and there's no chairs set up, but it's these, we have these big eight by eight movable walls, and 
people still put their stuff up on it. Um, and so you had an hour of kind of mingling and checking out the work. And then we're like intermission, maybe like 45 minutes. And then we move the walls back and pull out chairs. Cool. Um, and we pull out up to 80 chairs sometimes, you know. Um, and it happens super fast, I think. Yeah. Um, and then afterwards, you know, people sketch. And it's always different at first it was, I got so much like, I'm in t- I'm too afraid to come because it's only for people who draw. And I'm, you know, I, I, it's only for people who draw. I can't, I don't, I can't come. I really want to come and because of this. And I was like, well, that's the whole point. You know, the designers are always on the computer. Get off the computer and draw again. Because I started out drawing and then I was like always on the computer. And now I'm like, damn, I wish I was still doing rapidiographs. You see these young guys just like <laughs> whipping out type. And I'm like, I used to do that all the time. Um, so we, you know, now we're kind of like, you don't have to draw to come. Um, but it's still about process and it's still community driven. We encourage you to draw. Depending on who the illustrator or designer that comes is, um, that determines a lot of times whether people draw or not afterwards. Mm. Um, I feel like some people, it was just like, okay, got to go to the next thing, you know, and, and which was okay because it was still bringing, still bringing content. It's still sharing creativity sure. and it's still, um, I've, so many people I know, it was like we make and particularly sketch exchange events have been a way for them to connect with other people. People have gotten jobs um, and, and it's not, I would never, ever use the term of calling it networking. Never. It's definitely a place to explore. But I don't. I wouldn't use the word networking. Somebody said that to me once, and I was like, "Did you just say the word?" Well, but but, but here's here's I, I'm going to counter that. It's I, I I despise the word as well. However, but that was not our intention. No, I know that that's not the intention. Yeah. But um, I. Having attended a fair number of those, mm-hmm. obviously, I have not been as good recently it's as okay. I should have been. But uh, there is this component of meeting new people, mm-hmm. right? That you are, you. I, I don't network for the sake of jobs. I network because I'm fascinated by creative people. I love learning and trying to get better, right? I want to. I want to learn things from from all those people you run, who who are you know presenting, and, yes. and I always get something from looking at their process. But I also get something from the other people who are watching and. You know, I think that's that's true. I mean, but it was like for us when we were doing, we're like, we want a community driven based. We want you to be inspired. We want to present people's process because we're we we were tired of seeing the same you know slideshow presentations everywhere you went, and it was like, eh, mm-hmm. okay, you're always showing me the finished stuff. Really want to know who about you as a person, mm-hmm. and you know, like why why do you do that instead of what it is that you're doing um and so sketch exchange um and even the workshops that are very everything's really intimate small um i think sketch well we've had 200 and something plus people at sketch exchange before but on the average it's like 30 to 40 people um which which is manageable which is nice yeah. yeah and um you know the idea is that yes you are coming together to make things together because you we feel like you learn better when you make with people when you're making something and um also if you're coming to something to learn something you a lot of people will come by themselves because they want to learn about that process 
or they'll come by themselves because they really admire the person who's talking. So then that is bringing out, you know, uh, which is nice, is bringing out people. Right. And it's also it's super friendly and people are always really happy at, at the events and oh, absolutely. Um, really inspired. And it's always different. It's always different and it's cool. I like it. Oh, it's super cool. And Yvonne, maybe you could tick off like some of the um, project-based things that We Make has done because the, the mm-hmm. sketch exchange is a really wonderful sort of presentation where, where an illustrator or designer gets to, to share uh, a bit of themselves and their process with people. But you've also done these actual workshops. Yeah. And, and, and like you've made some, like, like what are some of the things that those workshops have, have been about? Oh, um, so yeah, the workshops are another thing. Um, so we do, and we always did like four workshops a year because that was, we're a volunteer. It's a, right now there's 11 of us. There's writers, designers, photographers, videographers, there's social media people, um, and then um, I think we have an intern too. Right. Um, it's non-profit It's though, right? not, we're 5013C, mm-hmm. um, we're officially 5013C. No one gets paid, there's no membership to be a part of We Make or anything. Um, so it's, it's pretty cool, it's all done by passion and love. <laughs> Oh, I love, <laughs> love the love. Love and passion um, and sweat. And like, hey, so our first year we were like. Did you say it's passion and love and sweat? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. All together. That's great. That's a visual there. That's, yeah. That's um, the first year it was myself and Lizzie Gershenson from Scribbletown and um, Scott Baker. And then um, we brought along Darren Cools and we, you know, it was basically like, hey, will you make copies? I'll make copies. And uh Okay, and we kind of Lizzie and I and Scott kind of paid for anything we really needed, and then the next year we're like, we should put a bucket out. That's a good idea. Maybe people will give us money to pay for our copies, and so we did, and people gave money. It was really cool, and then that helped pay for our copies. And then um, the next year we were like, oh, we're already doing Eventbrite. Let's just put the the donation on a Eventbrite. The way we did make money to help us kind of through the year, though, outside of that was workshops. Again, intimate. We go into other maker spaces, learn about their process, do something as a community, and make and take something and walk away. Now that we have Tillamook Station, we're able to bring makers into the station and do workshops that way. Um, we always um, interview and photograph, and for the first two, three years, we video video videography everybody videotaped everybody that we interviewed or did something with um and now we only video if we're featuring them in our magazine which is another thing we've done or their feature special feature throughout the year but we interview and write and photograph everybody uh, in the process and so the workshops have been super cool our first one was with tanner goods um who we just adore. We have a great community partnership with them. And um, then we've done Portland Meat Collective. Where now, we now learned what, what did you make with Tanner Goods? It was a cool... Tanner Goods was moleskin. Uh, we learned we pressed moleskins. And then we also did um, lanyards. Yeah. And then learned about their process. It was great. And then we've done um, Portland Meat Collective where we learned about humane butchering. And they butchered like a duck or something crazy like that. <laughs> you and, went out with meat? Huh? You left with... And you left with fresh meat. Yeah. Wow. Uh-huh. And then um, we've done uh, Portland Garment Factory. We've done Grove Bamboo. 
Woodblock chocolate. We just did um, a workshop last week with Kiriko. Kiriko yeah. made, and everybody was learning about boral patch making, and people got to use their oh. fabrics to patch on their stuff. Um, super awesome, super awesome. Yeah, no, there's some. Very so workshops have been great, and so we've added a little. We've been able to add. Now we're doing like workshop or sketch exchange. So now we actually probably have five workshops a year, but we only really do things from January to October. Um, because we were the big party during design week, our, um, put a burden with in October and that like wiped us out. And so like we needed two week, two months to kind of regroup and come back together. Right. Um, and yeah, and it's enough to do things 12 times out of the year. Yeah. Yeah. You know, design, design is so rich in Portland, right? That, that for a small city, it has a big design community. It does. And, and that there's just a lot of a love and, and support for that here. Um, I want to talk a little bit, there's two things I want to hit on, but the first one is, um, as an educator, uh, you, you have a real, like a gift for developing talent and helping, helping artists be their best. Um, and I, I'd love to, to hear a little bit about your approach and how you get them to raise their bar and, and to improve. Because I think that there's, there's art directors who will look at the art and say, you know, your kerning's off, and and uh, you know they'll, they'll say fix this, fix that. Whereas it seems like a lot of times you you have been able to take people and turn them into better designers. Uh, and 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 I think that you know that that you're you've you've always been like you're never shy, which is helpful, <laughs> right? Right? You know that you're always really uh, you know you can kind of be abrupt with people and say, look, this sucks, <laughs> like fix that part of it. But also, I think you you you're very good at, at building talent. Do you want to talk a little bit about about that process about? Mm-hmm. You're funny. You know that because we work together. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love teaching. I was not going to teach next semester because I was so, like, because I need to work, you know, and I'm teaching a class at 1 in the afternoon right now. And It seems apparent, not just, I mean, I, I haven't worked with you, uh-huh. but, but it still seems pretty clear because it, it seems, even from what you've already said, it sounds like you're very interested in making things out of people, ideas, and turning them into something that's, you know, like building on what's there and turning it into something greater, so. Thank you. Yeah, I feel like building people, building ideas. I love, well, I have a lot of ideas. You probably do too, like, but I just feel like I have so many in my head all the time. And I'm just like, I just need, if I don't get them out, I can't get them all out at one time, but that would be, I'd be a crazy person. Well, I am a crazy person, but I have a lot of ideas. And I just feel like, you know, I, I always want to learn something new um, as much as possible. And so like a while back, I was like, I'm going to learn five new things a year. And people are like, what? You can learn five new things? I'm like, yep, this year I'm going to do that. I still can't get the Spanish down, and I'm Mexican. It's really bad. <laughs> I know all the bad words. That's it. Uh, there's a mental block. My whole family is from Mexico, though. Um, yeah, I always want to learn new, you know, new things. And so, you know, the, on the whole, like, I'm going to learn five new things a year. I think WeMake was, like, a good platform for that, too. It's like I, I understand and recognize as designers, especially when we're working in an agency or we're very busy, it's hard to get beyond outside of the screen. So 
you know, how can we learn something beyond and outside of the screen? And, and I think it goes back to, and I'll answer your question, is like I started learning how to design with Adobe Illustrator 3. Okay, on a, the box Mac, and you know, if we needed to look up something, we had to go to the library. There was no Google. So when I'm teaching, it's the same. It, I, I think for me, it's all about process, process, process. I didn't graduate from college. I didn't get a degree in design, and so I learned by, oh, well, the internet's out. I need to learn everything I can about the internet, and so I'm going to start blogging. And I'm. And then I made my name as Creative Girl with an eight, really stupid. But after 20 years, you can't change that, right? Now, it's like, okay, I could, and I had a blog that, you know, I had 10,000 people a month that would come to that blog. And then when I started We Make, I was like, I can't write in both places. So I'm going to focus on We Make. Um, but, you know, I learned with so much process, I learned that you had to use a sketchbook to get your thoughts out. I learned that you had to do thumbnails. You had to make mood boards. You had to do things that were physically with your hands. And I always kept that process. So in teaching, I'm really strict about that. And um, also because I'm kind of, you know, school of hard knocks, I learned by doing. Um, And I have a background where, you know, we just were not, we just didn't have a lot of money. We didn't have a lot of things. So I had a lot of things I had to overcome. And so when I, and when I teach or when I'm art directing, I don't have a lot of time for bullshit. You know, I feel like there's a lot of people who are entitled maybe in certain ways. And I've been at school. I spent all this money. And I'm like, just get off the computer, you know, and start here. Um, but at the same time, you know, I thank you for that nice compliment. Um, I, it's really great to see people who have worked with me turn into be these amazing designers they they were always amazing designers they just needed some um, guidance maybe nurturing I'm a mm-hmm. nurturer so maybe that at the same time I'm a nurturer I'm like that aunt that was like don't look at me that way right I'm gonna slap your hands <laughs> you know like you know those aunties like right <laughs> not quite the mom but um I get that I think I get that yeah I mean I think I'm pretty straightforward yeah yeah, and I think you you are. But I don't want to be an asshole either. Well, but 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 I think that you you kind of make your decisions. You you're very good at spotting talent early and knowing if this is a person who I can work with to be able to help. Like I think that mm-hmm. there there is that that sifting process. At one point, uh, I remember we when we were working together. I think you had thirteen or fourteen young designers, most of them contractors, all working. It was like Hogwarts. You sort of were the Dumbledore of that group. <laughs> kind like of. 16 of them. Yeah, yeah. And I was doing strategy and yeah. designing a little bit. That was craziness. Yeah, that, that was that was pretty intense. But I, I think, too, I mean, because of that, you have to be able to, like, see the talent at a younger, like, know, like, can these people hang? Do they have potential? And then it's just guiding them and already fostering what they've got in them, but showing them how to, you know, pull it, bring it, move it up along a little bit. And so there's a little patience with that uh, when you're working with younger designers. But um, I don't know. There's like, I got a good eye for design. I got a good eye for picking talent, I think, too. Um, Definitely, yeah. And so if they're, it's that investment that you have to put in. I think any good art director needs to be that way. You know, you have to be able to take that into consideration. 
Mm-hmm. Unless you have a lot of money that you can hire people right out. Yeah. <laughs> I've never had a lot of money to hire people at the biggest salaries, but right. you know. Yeah, no, that's that's really cool. I appreciate you talking about that. Yeah. Um, the other thread I wanted you to get to to comment on a little bit is, as a woman, mm-hmm. right? I would imagine that design has gender parity has changed quite a bit since you began. That 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 I think it was very male dominated the further back you go. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that it's getting better now. But what, what are your thoughts? Like, I mean, that maybe that's my my guy's perspective. Is, I it, could better? Be, is it better? <laughs> is it still kind of a pain working with so many guys as you're in a room with two guys talking to you? I love guys. So, um, <laughs> love you all. Um, so there's a, sa- there's a thing out, a statistic out that 3% of the nation leaders in creative, uh, in the creative field only 3% of them are either own the company or are creative directors. That are women. That are women. Yeah. Oh. That's a shocking number, right? There's a whole conference on it right now. Um, and my thoughts on that is, you know, hopefully people are hiring people based on their talent. And not just their talent. You don't, like I said earlier, I, didn't, I don't want to be an asshole and I don't want to hire an asshole. I don't want to work with anybody that's an an asshole, I care how good you are, you know. Um, so I think a lot of times, you know, when I pick people to work with me, is based on their personality and their potential or where they're at already. But also, women are need to find their voice a little bit too and be able to articulate and and speak up. I think there's a difference between men and women just mentally, like a little bit. Yeah, and- I mean, women are very nurtured. They're very like, oh, I was a part of a team. You know, they're very like. They're not willing to say, hey, I did this as much as a man will be like, yeah, I led that team. This is all my idea. I did it, you know. And and, and I think that that's how we're raised a little bit in, in some cases. And so women need to be able to stand up and be like, yeah, I did it. And I see, I've seen it over and over again. Young men, I've seen so many portfolios and them come in and like, oh, yeah, I was the leader of this team. And he was probably just the intern. You know, and the woman was like, oh, I was a part of this team. And she really probably was the strategy behind it. So it's that moxie. Will women, the, the face of it, is it changing now? I think there's some amazing, amazing women in design and the creative fields. And um, I try to get those women together as often as I can. Um, but I also think there's some amazing men. I've had many men be mentors of mine. And, um, you know, the... I wish that the the philosophy of the companies would start thinking that they could hire the women to be the creative directors more or the art directors. I feel like women are happen to be really, really good at managing multiple things at one time, so they end up not taking the role of hmm. wearing the white hat when they are so they need somebody to manage all of that so right. that's that's interesting, and yeah. I think that that has something to do. Women can do a lot of things at one time. Mm-hmm. We, I, I, off record, I could talk about something, but <laughs> I can give you some examples. But um, it's interesting, though, for women, though. You can stand up. If you stand up and say, hey, I did this, or you're very passionate about some things, you can you get a title of, you know, being a bitch or being yeah. like uh, mm-hmm. if she's bragging or whatever, where a man, you know, they can be very passionate and they're a go-getter. So a double standard. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's kind of sucks. And so I think that you have to be able to like, well, I don't, I know I'm doing good things. I'm a good person. 
and I'm going to continue being the person that I am and doing the things the way I do it. And if you don't like the way, it, if you perceive me as that, then that's your problem. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's hard for women to think that way sometimes. Because mm -hmm. we're always like, oh, worried about what people. <laughs> yeah. Guys don't care. Mm -hmm. So I have a question. You, you're doing a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. It's kind of amazing that they're, they all get traction and that they all kind of turn into, to turn into something real, you know? Uh -huh. Do you ever get sort of overwhelmed? That's a good question. Just from talking to you for five minutes, I started following like six more people on Instagram. <laughs> like, if, you, if you're doing all of this, do you ever, does it ever get to be too much where you're like, no, I just, I just, I don't care about the community. I don't want to get back. I don't want to <laughs> like nurture and like help develop people and ideas. I just want to like be me. chill out. Yes. That's a great question. And um, yes, I do. I First of all, um, I don't take work home with me. So on the weekends, I don't take, I don't have a computer mm -hmm. and I try not to do social media or anything like that. Um, pretty much weekends are my time that I don't, I don't do any work at home. If I have a job through my business and I've got to come in and work, I will come in and work on um the Saturday or whatever, uh, but I always never take it home with me. And I try to come into the studio because I have this great space, and I try to come. I have a nice old um, CMP letterpress, and um, I'll try to come in there and, and and play, you know, and learn something for myself if I do come into the studio. Um, but that's like if I go into the studio, it's not going into the office part of it; it's going into the space. Um, so yeah, for basically for jobs that I do, and I think it's because of the lifestyle that I want to have. Um, I kind of touched briefly about, like, I don't think I'm going to teach next year because as much as I love it, right now I'm teaching a class Monday and Wednesday and I have to be at there at two, so I have to leave in the middle of the day, go down there, and then sometimes go back to the studio and work till eight o'clock at night. Mm -hmm. So I do work like 10, 12 hours a day, Monday through Friday, so I don't work on the weekends. <laughs> right. Um, but so that was a little overwhelming, and then when I said something to Kate and them, they're like, well, you can teach in the morning. I'm like, oh, okay, maybe I can do that. I thought I was going to quit, but then I think I'm going to – I just love it. I do love it a lot. Um, there's just – I don't know why. I've got a class full of dudes right now, and they're funny, but I just love teaching at, at there, so I think I always will. Um and yes, I get, sometimes I'm like, okay, I get a little burned out. But then that's where if I just turn everything off, I'm a super family person, kind of, um, you know, in private in that way. You know, when I leave work, it's my family that I'm around. And um, and I like to explore and go hiking and, you know, I ride a motorcycle. I think that kind of helps too, you know, for sure. me to kind of just let go. Um I used to surf in San Diego, and that's, I, that's what I loved about surfing is that you got out there, and it was just you and your board. And then when I started riding a motorcycle again, I, that's the first thing that came to my mind was like, oh, my God, I'm out on the ocean again by myself because you're it's you, it's you and your bike, you know. Did you ever go surfing in Oregon? No, never will. 
I'm a bikini and board shorts surfer. Um, <laughs> that, is, that is awesome. Cool. All right. So, so Avon, we've got tons of good audio. We just want to want to close off. We right now we're calling it picks. We're going to probably rename it. But the idea is, what are some things or restaurants or people to follow on Instagram or things that you should call out for us? Um, That's that, a good one. That uh, you know, like. Stuff like, that you've recently stuff that discovered you've, that you're really excited about. That, that, that's fun or interesting. God, spot. You could have asked me this question <laughs> on an email. Um, you gave me like five. Yeah. Well, okay. Like I, Paul Octave, uh, I'd love to talk about the conference that is coming up. Uh, yes. <laughs> Please. That's, that, that works. That's exactly actually. what we want. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we make celebrates. <laughs> Was the, is the name of our it was our anniversary thing and so it was always put a bird of it way to make celebrates, um, and this year it's going to be a conference. It's going to be at the Armory, um, which is a beautiful, beautiful venue in the Pearl. Um, Friday we are bringing the idea of this conference is a design conference on the process of making. So we wanted a an array of people to come, but also wanted to make sure that they were they appealed to everybody. Um, Paul Octavius, he's a Instagram god. I would say he's a um, he's a photographer out of Chicago. He does beautiful, beautiful work, very interesting. Um, Veronica Corza the shot. <laughs> she's a printmaker out of um, Chicago. She's t- she's got a project called the Neche Project, and it's about you know um, using things from our past, objects from our past to learn from and as part of our design process. So her, her talk will be really interesting. Gretchen Jones um, from Portland um, Pendleton Mills. She was a former Project Runway winner. She'll be speaking as a keynote speaker. Timothy Goodman, he's an art director out of um, Brooklyn. He wrote the book 40 Days of Dating with Jessica Walsh, as well as um, several other really cool projects. He'll be coming in. He's also an illustrator and a typographer. Um, Mrs. Eves 101, great person to follow on Instagram. Um, her real name is Gemma O'Brien. She's this young typographer out of Australia. Beautiful, beautiful typography. Um, and she's going to be doing a workshop as well as our keynote speaker. Um, Jeremy Pelly and Fritz um, from OMFG. They um, were, they're designers, so we thought they were a really great Portland design agency to, to showcase. Absolutely. And, um, and then we'll have the, the talk, small scale, with April Bear Monitoring from State of Wonder and Tanner Goods and um, Pigeon Toe, Betsy Anaya and Flume Studio, and then two demo apps with Ian Coyle and the Goodwill Company, Patrick Triato. So it's really cool. It's going to be a great conference. We try to keep it. It's less than $50 a person for the speaking part of it. So it's 200 and general admissions, 225 but you can get tickets right now. Um, super when is early it? bird. Again? Um, it's Friday, October 2nd. Okay. Yeah, B-Teeth. Check out B-Teeth on yes, Instagram. Yes, B-Teeth. He is uh, the community director for Big Cartel. Amazing illustrator. Yeah. Wonderful person out of Salt Lake City. Yeah. He's got really cool stuff. Yeah. He's good. Good stuff. Damn. Yep. Awesome. Um, so 
Thank you so much, Yvonne Perez Emerson. She is a friend and uh, I, I, you have so many titles, I'm not really sure where to start, but but basically as we wrap up, uh, in charge of the study, that's her, her studio where she does work for many of the hours during the week, but is also uh, founder of WeMake, uh, also uh, teaches at PSU, uh, and, uh, and as I said before, um, is a really great uh, sort of central person in, in the swirling mess of awesomeness that is the Portland design scene. Thank you so much for your time, to, uh, and, and we will... Uh, uh, we'll let you know when this is live. Cool. Thanks for inviting <laughs> me. It's fun.